This is the World Warrior Low Key. Hey, this is Rotor Animal. This is Christopher Daniels. Hi, gang. This is Mean Gene Okerlund from the WWE. Hey, yo. Say hello to the bad guy, Scott Hall. Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you're listening to SNF Radio Network. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It is now time to go Beyond the Bell. Welcome back, old school fans, to Beyond the Bell, a part of the festive SNS Radio Network. Your personal ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, back with you to bring you all things retro in wrestling. I hope each and every one of you had a happy and healthy Thanksgiving holiday. I myself am back on the road, back to it, on the grind as we relive all things classic in sports entertainment. Due to the hectic schedules, of course, of other hosts and the network in general, you may have seen a little different content over the past couple of weeks, especially here at Beyond the Bell, where we've taken a look back at uh, some of the most classic episodes of Beyond the Bell, more so featuring the Thanksgiving tradition known as their Survivor Series, fitting the pay-per-view taking place this uh, past Sunday, on the last edition of Beyond the Bell, we thought it would be fitting to take you back and combine the two-part episode of the Best of Survivor series into one jam-packed three-hour edition. Hope you enjoyed that. It was one of our earlier editions of Beyond the Bell, so maybe it was when I was more so a novice, you can say, or just getting the hang of this podcast thing. Now more so... I think I've uh, gotten a bit better. I hope. If not, you guys will surely let me know. But due to the busy schedules uh, of all the hosts, like I mentioned, and myself exclusively during this holiday time, 
Uh, I would like to apologize for not having brand spanking new content for you last week. And the theme will carry through uh, to this week as well. Because even though I have it archived on ringannouncing.com, it's good to re-edit, add some additional clips, and uh, add my little intro to these From the Vault editions. And it's fitting during certain times of the year to go back and relive when we spoke about it previously on Beyond the Bell. And we're going to do the same this week as Survivor Series was just last week. Not a great edition, I might add. Not a spectacular, uh, monumental, there we go, or historic edition of Survivor Series. Kind of a lame duck type of show, to be honest with you. I wasn't satisfied with what we saw. Um, but we're, we're talking classic here. We're not talking current products. So I won't go too much into detail what I didn't like about the show. But you can you can gather and you can probably assume where I had issues uh, with this specific event in general. But tonight we're going to take you back to another edition of Beyond the Bell from the Vault. Survivor Series themed. This is when Survivor Series was good, you can say. As we're going to take you back to relive the greatest and worst teams, team names, team themes of Survivor Series. This this edition is the teams of the Survivor Series. So we'll take you back to the early part of Beyond the Bell history. We're now over 117 episodes in counting. Unbelievable. And now we'll take you back once again to an old school edition of BTB as we went old school. It's old, old school then, should we say? to look back at classic Survivor Series during this Thanksgiving holiday. WWE 2K14 update. I am enjoying the NWO DLC pack that released uh, earlier this month. Uh, great move sets. You know, I can't believe you actually see the Outsiders together in a WWE video game. Usually we've seen Nash recently, uh, either as Diesel or Kevin Nash in the game. And we've had to create a Scott Hall. A C A S H create a Scott Hall to have them combined together as the Outsiders. Now we have them together as a team. Not just that, Scott Hall's in the game three times. So is Kevin Nash, Razor Ramon, Outsider Scott Hall, and NWO Scott Hall. And the same with Kevin Nash, Diesel, Outsider, and NWO versions of Big Sexy. Unbelievable. Uh, six characters dedicated to the pseudo Outsiders. We also have Triple H, The Click. Each one has multiple versions. <laughs> the Click has multiple versions of each member, except for Six Pac. You know, Six is just in the game of Six Pac. I thought they should have thrown X Pac in there. But I am enjoying this video game immensely. I am in a dilemma right now because I want to purchase an Xbox One. I want to play Dead Rising Three so bad. I want to play. I'm ready to trade in my old system. And, and get an Xbox One, but I learned that you cannot play Xbox 360 games on Xbox One. What's up with that, as the Hurricane would say? So I'm in a little bit of a dilemma. Do I purchase Xbox One now and keep both game systems uh, on my mantle? It's, it's getting pretty packed in there with my Blu-ray player, which you could probably take off once you get Xbox One, my cable box, which you can run through Xbox One as well, but there's and then you have my Xbox 360, 360. so I got two, sh- two uh, consoles on there, just to play WWE 2K14. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a dilemma. So, say I could trade it in. You know, they had Madden for it. That's really the only two games I play right now are Madden and 2K14. I would like to get Arkham Origins. I haven't gotten it yet, but uh, haven't had time to really. But 
the dilemma here is if I just trade in the 360, I'm giving up WWE 2K14. If you guys have any solutions for me, please let me know. But that's the current video game dilemma for your BTB host. But I'm really enjoying 2K14. What I'd like to see in 2K15, uh, what's the new mode that's going to feature? This is really when you're going to see 2K take a hold of the video game series. They made some tremendous, I, I think, and some drastic changes with the little time they had with the game as being a 2K uh, product. They did, I think, a good amount to it. So what i like to see in 2K15, what mode are you thinking of? Maybe they should go back either to the Attitude Era or they covered the... I'm sorry, go back to the Monday Night Wars. They covered the Attitude Era already on the WWE side most most uh, notably. And most often they talked about the ratings a little bit for Nitro. But they, they didn't really cover the Nitro side of things, the Invasion. So maybe either they can do the Monday Night War or redo the Invasion storyline of WCW coming into the, the, the WWE. How it should have been done with all the top stars invading. Maybe a instead of reliving the past and archiving what actually took place, maybe a uh, fantasy booking type of scenario where what should have happened, what would have happened if Nash Hall, uh, Hogan, Goldberg, Sting, all those stars came into the WWE, uh, WWF at the time, during the initial purchase of WCW. Or you can go back to maybe the early 90s during the new generation era. Relive there, maybe the characters more so will be fitting for the video game. Doink the Clown, the Godwins... Those, the T.L. Hopper, you know, those really, uh, Duke the Dumpster Drossy, those Repo Man, I can go on and on, those out-of-the-world characters, but I would like to see some type of mode that changes things up a bit. Maybe go even further back, as we're talking old school, you know, the NWA days, the old-school WWF, when it was in Madison Square Garden, you saw a lot of the old-school performers in this mode of the 30 years of WrestleMania, Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy, and others. Uh, maybe that's an option. You know, I think there's plenty of content for fans out there focusing on other territories, maybe the AWA, but I know a lot of it goes into licensures, uh, deals with certain legends and other performers and contracts and all, all that uh, fun legal stuff. But uh, that's what I like to see going forward in the, in the 2K series, and I think we have plenty more to look forward to from 2K and WWE video game-wise, especially with the next-generation consoles coming out. I'm so excited to see what happens and the realistic versions. As me, I'm a 31-year-old moving up there, you know, a fan. If I could sit down right now and play with action figures, I would, honestly. I'll, I'll admit it, I'm a dork. I would sit right now, Indian-style, playing with... I, I was looking up online for some reason I was really addicted and, and really wanted to look at all these new toys out there because I kind of stayed uh, away from the action figures uh, and the, the toy version side of WWE as I'm older and you know I was busy with other things and uh, I really look at what's out there I couldn't believe they have a 22 inch elite scale sized ring with the mat and the cloth apron uh, was unbelievable i'm thinking i would play with it right now if i could if it was socially acceptable like george costanza would say i would sit there right now at 31 years old and play with all the action figures they're action figures not dolls by the way and just have a blast doing raw smackdown splitting it up making two separate organizations oh the fun i would have I saw the, the, the raw entrance that they make now. <laughs> it's crazy. I made that with construction paper and cardboard. Unbelievable, right, fans?
So crazy. So now you could say instead of action figure wise, because it would just look strange, I kind of play with my son now. I just bought him a Daniel Bryan figure and we play it together. So I kind of get my fix out by playing with him because it's fine. I'm a dad playing with his son with figures, even though I may push him away. No, just kidding. Uh, it is, uh, that's how I get my fix in, you could say, so to speak. I'm working on getting him a, a ring now. He's only two years old, so I have to kind of plead my case. Oh, yeah, he still wants to play with it. Let's get him the entrance way. Let's get spotlights. I'm, I'm working my way in with I'm working my way in with my wife there. Uh, so, but instead of having my creative outlet taken up by by action figures, I use it video game wise. And the more customization you provide in the video game, the better it is for us uh, fantasy bookers out there. Increasing the universe mode even more. So, someone please make it available to get rid of the Divas title in universe mode under a specific show. I'm not saying get rid of it entirely. If you want to have an all Divas show, that's fine. Or have it a part of your show, great. But what if I don't want the Divas title? I don't want Divas on my show. I want to replace that with a TV title or a European title or a Cruiserweight or Hardcore title. Give me the option, please. Or let me be able to add on titles if you don't want to remove the Divas title. Just give me something. Let us edit current arenas because I want to keep SmackDown but make it WCW SmackDown. Let me edit the arena and just add the WCW logo to it instead of pretending that WCW is SmackDown but it still says WWE and uh, pretending that they t- they're taking over the show and they own it now. Let us edit current current arenas. I'm not sure the logistics behind it, what, what it would take, but why can't you do that? Come on. Let's be able to edit current pay-per-view arenas. Change it up a bit from year to year. The create uh, uh, an arena option is great. I love it. Why can't well if we can't edit the current arena, why can't they make the sets available in Create Arena to kind of edit it that way? I don't know. I, I all I do know is that we will see big changes in the next gen consoles, maybe with the increased bandwidth, increased space, and increased power. They'll be able to do all those things. Before we take you back now to the teams of Survivor Series, a quick note, a very, a very proud note for, uh, for your host, Sean Beckerman. The 50 years of... WWE DVD was just released. The 50th anniversary, anniversary edition going over the history of WWE was just released. And I, I watched it with uh, my, my dad on Blu-ray, and at the 31 minute, 39 to 40 second mark, so around the 3140 mark, I posted this on the SNS Radio Network uh, Facebook page, go to the 3140 mark, and you will see a very young Sean Beckerman as a true Hulkamaniac. I will argue that I was really the first major kid to be on national WWF programming posing as Hulk Hogan. I was on the weekly show, Wrestling Challenge, hosted by Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan, featuring that Hulk Hogan pose, and I'm there on the DVD at the 3140 mark, and I am so proud to see myself on there. I popped huge. Uh, I think uh, the Bronx father screencapped it and posted it on, on Facebook. I am so Excited to be a part of history on this DVD. So go back to the 3140 mark and see a very old school Sean Beckerman posing as a Hulkamaniac. So now let's take you to our archive, the Teams of Survivor series here on Beyond the Bell. Well, kids, we'll talk about the best teams in Survivor Series history, the worst teams 
in the Thanksgiving traditional event, as well as the greatest and worst team names. So this should be a nice little cap to our Survivor Series edition of Beyond the Bell. So first, let's start off talking about the best of WWE slash WWF Survivor Series teams. In 2003, we saw Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, John Cena, Hardcore Holly, and JBL, at the time, Bradshaw. In 2003, rivals Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle put their differences aside to battle one another in one of the largest Survivor Series teams in its history. Hardcore Holly and Bradshaw weren't very important, but the three, basically, of Benoit, Angle, and Cena were dominant. The match ended when Benoit made Brock Lesnar tap out and John Cena pinned the Big Show. So when you combine all those top elements, but JBL, maybe at the time as Bradshaw, wasn't as popular, but now being, I think he is and was a megastar because he was the longest reigning WWE champion in SmackDown history, he claims. you know He is a top draw. And was a great heel, I will admit, to this very day. That's why we like Mark Henry so much, because we see a lot of the traits, the very simple heel traits that JBL had. When we talk about Dolph Ziggler being a heel, it's more of a modern-day heel, rather than JBL, who was very old-school. But Kurt Angle, Benoit, Cena, early Cena, before Hustle, Loyalty, Respect, Word Life Cena... Hardcore Holly, you throw him in there, and JBL, they were quite a team in 2003. Let's talk about Team DX. I was there, live and in person, for 2006 edition of the Survivor Series. It comprised of Triple H and Shawn Michaels, DX, some guy by the name of CM Punk in ECW, and Matt and Jeff Jailbird, I mean Matt and Jeff Hardy. Normally, the Survivor Series teams had stories that somehow intertwined, but in 06, the WWE simply took the top faces and put them all on one team. I hated when they just throw teams together, and we saw it even this year, the Survivor Series match. At least during the match, they made it seem important when Wade Barrett won, and they showed the prevalence of him beating Randy Orton, who in which we talked about on Beyond the Bell, the streak he had of being the sole survivor of the Survivor Series. But when we look back at it, they didn't really make it seem... They just threw the teams together. It didn't have a purpose. And granted, yes, we look back at the nostalgia days of the Survivor Series and say, oh, yeah, the teams back then in the late 80s, in the origination of Survivor Series, they were great. They were thrown together too, but we had more cohesive units back then than we do now. So, DX members, HBK and Triple H, led the team. The Hardy Boys had not tagged together for a while because they were on separate brands, but they reunited for the Survivor Series event. This team was rounded out with ECW's top face. You may know him now as the voice of the voiceless, CM Punk. Team DX demolished their opponents at Survivor Series, and all five men survived. Two things that came to point. The crowd chanting CM Punk right before, as Triple H was introducing each one of his partners. And it's amazing where we are now, you know, five, almost six years later, uh, 
where we see CM Punk so popular in the WWE now, and I have an appreciation for that because he came from the independent circuit. So there's hope for guys like me, maybe. Maybe one day you'll see me on WWE television. I hope so. We'll talk more about my feelings at the end of the broadcast about a certain ring announcer that came back at the Survivor Series this past year. Anyway, the second thing that that really I, I loved about this match was when Mike Knox came in, Shawn Michaels just super kicked him and he was out. And then he turns over to Triple H and says, who was that? And then Triple H says, Mike Knox, he's on ECW. Priceless. Hilarious. Let's go to 1990, The Vipers. And yes, Randy Orton was not involved. It consisted of Jake the Snake Roberts, Jimmy, Superfly, Snooker, and The Rockers. Back in the day, there was nobody as bad as Jake Roberts in terms of the good bad. He was a true heel. He can cut a promo like anyone, one of the best in the business. But not if you're playing 21. You know what I'm saying? And nobody was as cool as the superfly, Jimmy Snuka. So throw in the most exciting tag team in the WWE, and you have a great Survivor Series team. Not to mention a future Hall of Famer in the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. 1989, the Hulkamaniacs. The immortal Hulk Hogan. Jake the Snake Roberts. Demolition, Axe and Smash. What a team. As you could say before, nobody like Jake Roberts was as bad. So it was pretty special when he teamed up with the most popular superstar of all time, the immortal Hulk Hogan. The crazy face paint wearing team called Demolition, they kind of look like a team in the NWA, right? Uh, some Legion or something like that. But this rounded out a great team in every, in every single aspect. Let's skip... A decade ahead now, 2000, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, and Perry Saturn. They were new to the World Wrestling Federation. They were the Radicals. During a meeting, four WCW superstars, or in, their, in that company, wrestlers, walked out of the company. Benoit, Malenko, Guerrero, and Saturn immediately went to the WWE, where they created a faction we know we all knew and came to love, as the Radicals, with one shortcoming was their first match, or Eddie's first match, him dislocating his elbow and being out for months really put a halt to the unity of the group in general, but Latino Heat was born nevertheless. For several years, the Radicals were a very popular group, thanks in large part to Chris Benoit, who unbelievably was one of the greatest ring workers of its time. And add that, Eddie, Guerrero's, Eddie Guerrero's antics inside the ring, he was an unbelievable performer performer as well, a Hall of Famer. Combined all those combination, all those four abilities and, and the combination of attributes, charisma, and ability, you have a great, great Survivor Series tag team. A radical one, dare I say. In 1995, Yokozuna, The Rocket, Owen Hart, Razor Ramon, and Dean Douglas were a team. Very interesting. This 95 Survivor Series team was a great collection of heels. Yokozuna was one of the all-time great monster heels. 
Owen brought great wrestling ability, not to mention his personality behind the mic on top of it. Reza Ramon was a great character, and then you add the franchise, Dean Douglas. Well, he was saddled with that terrible gimmick, but always had been extremely talented. So when you look at the franchise part of it, that was a great team. In 94, the year prior, Shawn Michaels, Diesel, Owen Hart, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, and Double J, J-E-double-F, J-A-double-R-E-double-T, Jeff Jarrett, were a team. They were called the Teamsters, which was an interesting combination of future stars. Shawn Michaels and Diesel would go on to lead DX and the NWO during professional wrestling's boom period. Owen Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart were part of the Hart Foundation, and Jeff Jarrett would eventually be a main eventer in WCW and basically create the second form to WWE Today, TNA Impact Wrestling. So maybe not the time they were a great combo to put together, but in hindsight, in terms of the importance to the industry, a, a tremendous team combined. In 1999... Edge, Matt and Jeff Hardy, and Christian were a team. Yes, the Terry Invitational Tournament Tag Teams the were a team in the Survivor Series. Edge and Christian and the Hardys were part of one of the greatest rivalries of all time. They cemented the legacy known as a ladder match and add the Dudleys into it, and then you get, of course... TLC, which is coming up in December. You see a theme here, fans? The two teams had many legendary battles with each other, and then when you threw the Dudleys on top of it in 99, they had one of the greatest, greatest rivalries ever, and that was, you could say, the biggest period in tag team history for the WWF slash WWE. So when you look at this team of Edge and Christian, Matt and Jeff Hardy, you can't you cannot deny a legendary tag team or a legendary Survivor Series team. There were two teams in the Survivor Series of 1990 that stood out to me. One, the Ultimate Warriors, which consisted of, of course, the Ultimate Warrior Kerry Von Erich, the modern day warrior, and the Legion of Doom, Animal and Hawk. What a team there! The second team was the Perfect Team, who, of course, involved Mr. Perfect, Demolition, Axe, Smash, and Newcomer Crush. Finally, the LOD and Demolition inside the squared circle against each other. You add Mr. Perfect, the Ultimate Warrior, and one of the Von Erics, the Texas Tornado. That That is a sur- truly a Survivor Series matchup. Some people say it's, it's their number one choice. They could be biased upon it, but I, uh, I, it's hard to disagree. So before you could look at the Survivor Series in 1990, well, some people were casual fans at the time. So this may have drawn you in to the world of sports entertainment, or what was to be sports entertainment. After the Survivor Series in 1990... Many people were diehard wrestling fans. I was way before since I was a fetus, but many people were after this event. And it was all because of the match between the Ultimate Warriors and the perfect team, you could say. 
I know a lot of friends of mine remember this match because it was so important because of the components and the teammates on each side. The Ultimate Warriors were obviously led by the Ultimate Warrior. Looking back at the Warrior, he wasn't a good wrestler and his interviews didn't really make sense. But you were young at the time. You maybe were, you know, 8 to 12 years old. So he was cool. He ran, shook the ropes. You loved him. He was the metalhead. The warrior. So, yeah, that cool aspect. The only thing that one could care about was that the ultimate warrior had cool face paint, cool tassels, you know, and then he blew himself up running to the ring. And then you speak of cool face paint on top of it. They actually had an article. We'll, we'll do uh, another Beyond the Bell dedicated to face-painted wrestlers, but Joey Styles and WWE.com got the jump on me. Thanks for that, Joey. The Road Warriors, NWA legends, came in and destroyed anyone that was in their way. And they had awesome face paint as well. Hawk and Animal. Forget tassels, though. They had the shoulder pads with spikes. Spikes were so awesome at the time, even to this day. The Divas are doing, we pop for the spikes that make them look like the opponents of this team. Demolition. On the perfect team, there was the low-down, dirty Demolition. Ever since Demolition added a third member to their team, they would switch out members, and the referee would, wouldn't notice because they all wore the same type of face paint. Who would have noticed Crush was significantly taller than both of them, but... It's besides the point. Their team captain was, of course, Mr. Perfect. Kurt Henning didn't just think he was great. He didn't think he was the best. He thought he was perfect at every single thing he did, even selecting the perfect team. The worst part is that he he backed it up by being one of the best and almost near-perfect wrestlers of the era. So you combined the Ultimate Warrior, the Legion of Doom, and Kerry Von Erich against Demolition and Mr. Perfect equals one thing. Perfection. I know, corny guys. Can't help it. Now, fans, let's look at the best team names, not teams, they may comprise of some superstars or future superstars in our business, but the best team names in Survivor Series history. First off, let's look at the bad guys. Team members were, of course, the bad guy, Razor Ramon as the captain, the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, Sean Waltman, the 1-2-3 kid, and the head shrinkers, Fatou and Sion. The year was 1994. The irony here is that the team was actually comprised of really good guys, but given Captain Razor Ramon's moniker, the bad guy, this label proved appropriate as this fivesome who fought so valiantly against the opposition, in fact triumphing over the Teamsters. Razor proved exactly how bad he was when he alone fended off all five foes to become this match's sole survivor. Chico. Of course, the Warriors, we mentioned them. Ultimate Warrior, the Captain, Texas Tornado, the Legion of Doom, Animal and Hawk. 
These warriors didn't come out to play, they came out to destroy. Loose cannons adorned in spikes, face paint and ample fringe. The warriors were an, an semblance of some of the WWE's fiercest combatants, and the team fitted perfectly. They all were warriors. The Dark Side, 1995. Team members were The Undertaker, the captain, Savio Vega, Fatu, and Henry O. Godwin. Great team name. No Sith here. Just the Dead Man Ensembled Squad represented the ominous nether region. The mythicism surrounding the Undertaker has always been bolstered by the, the fear of, of his rivals, especially at WrestleMania time. The fear of the unknown and the dark side, the dark force that fuels the legendary superstar known as the Undertaker. Assuming this type of team would only intensify in the in Fright Factor alone, challenging adversaries to consider their venture ahead, a journey from which they may not return. The Undertaker has arrived. The Visionaries Team members were Rick, the model Martel, who was the captain, the warlord, and power and glory, Hercules and Paul Roma, in 1990. Admittedly cold, the befitting handle is added begrudgingly to the quote-unquote best name list. The visionary's Elias was derived to mock the vision-impaired opposing team captain, Jake the Snake Roberts, who had been previously blinded by Rick the Model Martel. Hence the name, The Visionaries, because you had the blindness in the snake. The lead visionary, Martel, must have truly possessed keen foresight ahead of time, as implied by the moniker in piecing together this combination of superstars. Not only did they win, but the entire squad survived, avoiding elimination. You can attribute it all to the simple spritz of the model's signature, Arrogance. Now, fans, let's look at the worst team names in Survivor Series history. The Foreign Fanatics. Team members were Yokozuna, who was the captain, Crush, Ludwig Borga, and Quebecer Jacques Rougeau. This was in 93. Opposed by the pride of old glory draped U.S.-born superstars, Yokozuna led a team of cunning, powerful, anti-Americans and label them the foreign fanatics. The overtop team explained their pact, but likened them to be the more more of like a bunch of waving wackos from a less sophisticated stratosphere. Very unfortunate for what was a legitimately formidable and destructive combination of stars, plus a last-minute substitute for Quebecer Pierre, we had Crush, but wasn't Crush from Hawaii? I digress, fans. We look at the Teamsters. We mentioned them before. Good combination of stars. Terrible name. The members. The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, was the captain. Diesel, Jeff Jarrett, Owen Hart, and Jim Neidhart from 94. You know, you had Big Daddy Cool, but... He lost his cool when it came to Shawn Michaels' overbearing commands. So this team of cool superstars became kind of dorkish when you call, you're called the Teamsters. Might as well call yourself the Union. 
The Rude Brood. This I was debating because this I like the the rhyme to it, but we'll put it in the worst team names list. The members were Rick Rude was the captain, Mr. Perfect, and the fabulous Rougeaus, Jacques and Ray and Jacques and Raymond, if I could say that easily, from 1989. Like the name says, technically the team was all of a certain kind. Rude. It may rhyme nicely but it's so dampened the credibility of a team with too much talent for such ho-hum namesake as the Rude Brood. You know, you could say a play on Rick Rude's ravishing moniker may have been more fitting, like the ravishing ones. I don't know. I'm not a writer. I'm an announcer. Regardless of their ill-mannered label, the Brood's final surviving member, Mr. Perfect, sealed the win for the... for the demonic or villainous heelish team over Roddy's Rowdies, who bore an equally lackluster name. So we can mention that one too. Roddy's Rowdies. Come on. And we'll finish off our worst team's names list with Clowns Are Us. Yes, I said it. Clowns Are Us. Team members, come on. Doink Dink, Pink, and Wink from 1994. The only thing worse than a team name with their individual names, Dink, Wink, and Pink, here's one more, Stink, and that's what this this team name and match eventually was. Much like these Eliases do, all Stink. Naturally, with the ring clown Prince himself, Doink, involved, the WWE Universe could expect plenty of water-spitting daisies, whoopee-cushions, and more sophomoric antics. But it was Doink who slipped on a banana peel when he assimilated his pint-sized partner and gave his gaggle the most literal tag of Clowns Are Us. Dink was his partner a la Finley to Hornswoggle. But of course you had to add more more Dinks. Dink, Wink, Stink, Pink, Link. Whatever. Doinks are us. Terrible name. So, wrestling fans, that will wrap things up for another edition of the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Show Beyond the Bell. This completes our trilogy looking back at the Survivor Series. We started off looking at the first decade of the Thanksgiving tradition and the following 10 years up to 2010 before this current year's Never Before, Never Again Survivor Series encounter. And then we we capped it off with looking back at the greatest teams in Survivor Series history, as well as the greatest and worst team names in the Thanksgiving tradition known as the Survivor Series. Boy, I miss those days when the Survivor Series was on Thanksgiving. You could look forward to having some turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy. With me, it was much more at the time because I was a big boy back then. And then sitting back and watching the Hulkster the Hulkamaniacs destroy, hanging and banging, on pay-per-view. I miss those days, I tell you. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, everybody. Have you ever wondered how you can be even more interactive with the SNS Radio Network? Well, just like the WWE, TNA, and everyone else on the planet, we're on Twitter. 
You can check out the entire network at SNS Radio Network. If you want to hit us up on Unplugged at SNS Unplugged, you can check out the whole indie show at TWIS underscore podcast, the Elite Force podcast at EF underscore podcast. You can check out my show at SNS Get In The Zone. And if you want to contact us individually, you can check out our personal Twitter accounts. I'm at Bronx Father. You can talk some wrestling with Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore JJSexA1. You can bark at the Trey Dog at Trey on the Radio. You can swim in the waters with Mark the Shark DiCarlo at S underscore Tapley, T-A-P-L-E-Y. Harass the power Andy Knowles about The Miz at the power underscore Rewind. If you want to challenge the Rasputin of sci-fi and gaming and <coughs> politics, check out Mindwipe at Mindwipe. You can follow William Walkie Walker at Walker Views. And if you want to talk some old school wrestling, you can hit up Sean Beckerman of Beyond the Bell at Sean Beckerman at S-E-A-N-B-E-C-K-E-R-M-A-N. So don't be shy. Check us out on Twitter and be interactive right here on the SNS Radio Network. Ugh, stupid bird! Hey guys, this is Ashley. And this is Sandro. And we're here to make sure that you check out the whole indie show each week on the SNS Radio Network. As both of us, along with our other co-host Randy, cover everything that you need to know on all things indie wrestling. It's your place for all the most recent indie news and event results, reviews of the latest shows from all the major promotions, and previews for all the upcoming events. We also want your feedback on any indie stuff you may have seen as well. Plus, you know, you never know, you might even get a few paperclip references now and then. So for all that and much more, listen to the whole indie show every week here on the SNS Radio Network. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over 16 years. And just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over 27,000 other subscribers, wrestling-online.com. You will learn to pronounce my name properly. Wrestling-online.com. Hey, wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day to day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, 
tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Are you a fan of the SNS Radio Network? Want to keep up with what's going on with all the personalities and radio shows on the SNS Network? Well, let me tell you how. You can check out the Facebook group over at www.facebook.com slash groups slash SNS Radio Network. On Twitter, follow us at SNS Radio Network. You can follow me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore JJSexA1. These are just a few ways to keep up with all the happenings going on on the SNS Radio Network. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I've got the look that drives a girl while I've got the mood that really moves a sexy up and down their spine I'm just a sexy boy I'm not your boy toy This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels Mr. Hall of Fame 2011 And you are listening on SNS Radio Network See ya And I wouldn't want to be ya The knees get weak Whenever I'm around They see me walk They hear me talk I make them feel Thank you fans once again for going back in time, not just in professional wrestling, but in Beyond the Bell history. There were some great teams, there were some not so great as well. If you go to WWE.com, I think they have the uh, the fans picks for their ultimate dream team. You could, you could say Survivor Series dream team. This past year's Survivor Series... It shows the the benefits and maybe the drawbacks in a sense of having multi-person you know elimination matches. The divas, of course, that was a waste in a sense. The opening match with uh, the Shield and uh, t- with Cody Rhodes and, and Goldust, the Usos and with Rey Mysterio and the Un-Amer- and the Un-Americans, the real Americans. It was an entertaining match. Uh, arguably, I'd say one of the best matches of the night. It was a great match between those uh, those teams. And that shows right there how a Survivor Series match can really help pick up the crowd and also make a star. Roman Reigns was made that night. Now it's up to the WWE to move forward and push Roman Reigns as the monster that he acted like in that match. So when you look at it from that standpoint, there is tons of potential for Survivor Series matches to just not be there as fillers, but to actually help make stars and help promote stars and spotlight and elevate them in the proper manner. Even though we still have those elimination matches, we don't have the goofy team names anymore, you could say. If anything, it's maybe, you know, like we saw Team Angle versus Team Lesnar, where it's Team last name of the captain. Uh, a couple years ago when they were at the Garden, when we saw The Rock and uh, Cena team together against R-Truth and The Miz, Awesome Truth, uh... We saw Wade Barrett step up and become the sole survivor and and defeat Randy Orton, who was uh, who really excelled at Survivor Series statistic wise as uh, being very very uh, tenacious, you could say. 
and becoming the sole survivor or winning for his team. So Wade Barrett stepped up right there. But it, but again, it, it showed potential as Wade Barrett being a future performer and whether the, whatever the situation may be or whatever happened backstage or um, creative-wise, he fizzled off and he was repackaged or sort of repackaged with the, with the really promoting his, his brawling gimmick, you know, his... Uh, his fighting gimmick and you know, bare knuckle brawling and they changed his theme music around, but it was still the same type of character when he came out there. You know, then they have this now Bad News Barrett thing off of the JBL and Cole show. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with that, but um, again, a start could have been made off of the Survivor Series, but it's, it's all about what they do with it and what they do with the superstar when the Survivor Series is over. I have a feeling, though, with Roman Reigns, they're going to put somewhat of a decent effort behind pushing this guy. The Biggie Langston Curtis Axel match. I don't know why this title change couldn't take place at the Survivor Series, why they did it the week before on Raw. Maybe some would say, well, it built up to the rematch at Survivor Series. Well, they could have had a non-title match that he won, which created the match at Survivor Series, or have a tag team schmoz where he pinned the champion in which garnered him the number one contenders match. Or, what a crazy idea, have a number one contenders match on Raw, which builds to another match. What a crazy concept, right? But that's a, that's a side note. The main event, like like I mentioned previously, was a little lackluster. Uh, Randy Orton retained the title, but the question is, what, what really is going to be the future of the World Heavyweight Championship and the WWE Championship. And that kind of ties in where I, where I wanted to get to uh, as we close out this show. Coming up in the, in the next few weeks, we'll have, we'll have some great content for you uh, over the holidays now, kind of making up for the fact that we've been absent the past couple weeks with new content. Uh, I want to focus in on the history of the WWE Championship, the history of the World Heavyweight Championship, and how they made an impact in professional wrestling. I want to look at all world titles that, that were held in the industry, but we're going to focus first on those two titles. We're going to continue on with our Stone Cold Chronicles, looking at the year 2001, split up into two parts. So much happened that year in the history of Steve Austin that we're going to split up into two parts in 2001. And we'll also continue on with 2002, 2003, leading up to a very controversial time in Stone Cold's career. The Horseman Files will continue on, and we'll have tons more content for you fans in the coming weeks our famous feud series our superstar spotlight so be prepared to be entertained by beyond the bell one of the team names we mentioned well you could say weren't really the best of names was the farm fanatics and they took on lex luger's team the all americans to where it was uh some say you could say it was racist or uh, derogatory some of the names that were used but we're going to take you back now at a time when Lex Luger was being primed and prepped to become the next Hulk Hogan. And the theme that took him all around, all around the country in the Lex Express was, I'll be your hero. I remember listening to this song on the WWF fan club cassette tape. It was a small, I think, minute, minute, maybe a minute, 30 second clip of the song where it was dedicated to the All-American Lex Luger driving around in the Lex Express. So let's take it home with some classic Lex Luger 
as we all can pretend, as I am right now driving, pretending I'm driving in the Lex, Expre- Lex Express on my way to SummerSlam to take on the mighty Yokozuna. So until next week, fans, when we rewind and relive all things retro in wrestling, this is Sean Beckerman signing off. Stay old school, my friends. You always were there, always beside me. Holding my hand every step of the way Through these eyes you could do no wrong In these eyes you were brave and strong In my heart those days live on You were my hero